Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Turn the Jets Live. I'm your host, Steven Zance, joined by my co-host, Steven Russo. Another tough loss, Steven, but... I got to say, even though they lost two straight, both heartbreakers, I feel as good about this team as I have in years. How you doing, bud? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. You know, it went uh, just about as bad as it could have gone from just a, a top line view, right? The Jets lose. They get uh, they get no help from Miami on, on Sunday night. Absolutely even Shocking. less help from Arizona on Monday night. But still, you kind of leave. You walk away from that game in Buffalo feeling somewhat encouraged. I mean, we knew that these last two weeks are going to be extremely tough. Uh, they're going into the buildings of the number two seed in the NFC, number one seed in the AFC, but they went toe-to-toe with both of them. And I think you walk away feeling encouraged and knowing that still at the end of it, we're in mid-December here with four games to go, and the Jets are sitting at seven and six and really um, in control of their own destiny, I think. You know, it's really uh, it's four teams vying for two spots, I think, when you break it down. And I don't think all four teams are going to go four and zero, but I think the Jets have a very, very realistic chance to go three and one, if not four and zero, the rest of the way, and and really, you know, be able to write their own story and punch their own ticket. So um, you walk away feeling pretty good, but knowing that, listen, they still have to take care of the business that's in front of them, and that starts with uh, a pretty hot Detroit team coming into MetLife on Sunday. Yeah, for sure, and I think. <clears throat> We we could talk more about this, you know, after we talk about the Bills game and talk about the Detroit game. But it's like, at this point, there's four games left. Don't worry about what other teams are doing. You can't control that. Just focus on the Jets right now. And then when you get to week 18, obviously, then you can start looking at scenarios because obviously that's when it really matters. I mean, any help the Jets can get from outside sources is always nice. But I think just playing that game of just worrying about what other teams could do to help us is not they, they gotta win games. They win the game on Sunday, they win the game against Minnesota. We're having a different conversation today. So yeah, let's get to it. Um, like you said, it just it just sucks because winnable game. It's just that simple. And it's like there's two plays you could point to. I mean, obviously there's a bunch, but there's two main plays, and it's the Joe Flacco fumble, which was the most predictable thing I I, I you know ever. And then the Michael Carter fumble, which you and I were just talking, you know, before we went live, it's like, there was no doubt in my mind on that drive, they were scoring a touchdown. Zero doubt. Like, none whatsoever. They were looking as good offensively as I've seen all season. Just everything was clicking. The offensive line was not good on Sunday. And even at that point, they were actually clicking really well. And everybody was humming. I, you know, it's it sucks to point to two things. But it's like, those were just two crucial plays in Bill's territory where they squandered the ball away. So it's like, I can't blame Mike White. That man and everything, everything that you've heard from the locker room, you've seen what guys have been writing in the media. It was all like just confirmed on Sunday. I've never seen a guy take hits like that on the Jets and just keep fighting, keep fighting. And it's just like, man, I'm, I'm going to do this. And like, Listen, I, I know everyone's like, where's the rough in the pass? Or call the play by Milano, like I'm frustrated because JFM probably gets called for a flag like that. 
it's a lead football hit. It's football. And even White said the same thing. It's like, you know, I expect to get hit. Like, I, I can't do that. But like, it's just, it's just, it's incredible what this guy is. And like, you know, who knows how it's we're going to feel, you know, after these next four games. But I mean, if you ask me now, Mike White's the quarterback in 23 until I see other reason, <laughs> you know, to believe something else. I yeah. mean, I know everyone's like pointing, oh, he hasn't thrown a touchdown as the Bears game. But it's like, yeah, but it's I you just look at the throws he's making and setting the team up. It's like it's not all his fault. And he's doing what's asked of him and more. I mean, like Gary Wilson's getting the ball. Elijah's getting the ball. They're feeding, you know, the tight ends. Even Conklin's holding on to it, even though every time I feel like he catches the ball, it's like he's stuck in quicksand. He's just so slow. But like Mike White is not the problem. I'm not saying he's the long-term answer, but like you got to keep rolling with him as long as he's healthy. What were your thoughts about the game? Yeah, I mean, you, you roll with Mike White definitely for the rest of the season. I think he's uh, he's proven that. I think the the trust and respect that he's gotten in the locker room uh, just continues to build based on his performances and, and obviously his uh, the grit, the toughness that he showed on Sunday and, you know, saying that they're going to have to peel him off the turf. I mean, he, he gained respect, further respect from the Jets locker room and then he even gained respect from the Bills locker room and, and, and some of the guys over there and knowing what they were saying, I think specifically Shaq Lawson, his former teammate. Um, but you know, it was, uh, it was good to see. And I think even going a a very tough place to play. I mean, we, we spoke about obviously, you know, Chicago coming to MetLife, uh, we knew what that was going to be. You can chalk that up. You know, there wasn't a great defense, blah, blah, blah. He still had a great game, man. He threw for three fifteen and three touchdowns. In the rain, torrential down. You go to Minnesota, still a tough place to play. Not the greatest defense, but he moved the ball and he moved the ball consistently. And he had him in that game with a chance to win at the end multiple times. And then you go to Buffalo, which is an extremely tough place to play against a very good defense in the elements. And he doesn't throw for, you know, he throws still for over 250, no touchdowns, but also no picks. And again, he went toe to toe and I think pretty much outplayed Josh Allen, if you're really looking at it. So you got to give the respect to Mike White. So I think, you know, he's definitely earned himself the position, the the, the starting role moving forward, barring injury. And let's let's hope because that's kind of one of the underlying things is that from this game really is that it just further proves the Jets just can't sustain any more injuries. Like they, every team gets injured. That's how it goes. But man, they just have some, <clears throat> some bad luck. You know, Quinnen goes down, Corey Davis goes down, Mike White, you know, they, he's got to go out and come back in twice. Um, George Fant gets hurt for part of the game. They got, you know, Remmers in there, shades of Connor McDermott. <laughs> so, it, you know, that's really tough. But I think all in all, um, you know, you feel good about Mike White and what this offense can do specifically as you look kind of these last four games and the defenses they're going to face, how the offense looked going up against a tough Buffalo defense in the elements. Even though they only came away with 12 points, they still move the ball. The one thing that I would say um, is that in all three of these Mike White starts, uh, albeit the first drive against against Chicago, they do have to start getting off to a bit of a a, a quicker uh, a quicker start to to you know get the game rolling. I think that's what's kind of lagging is you know they get down seven nothing to the Bills the, the CJ Mosley penalty uh, oh my God. Know, which which was a killer, but still it's a slow start to the game. It's nothing nothing for for pretty much you know twenty nine minutes of the first half. Get down seven nothing. They come out in the, in the you know first drive of the second half and they score to tie it up. But very slow start in Minnesota too. They're down twenty to three at the half. Like those things. So I would like to see them start a little quicker. I think they are obviously a very good second half team. We've seen that all season. 
But if they can start fast against some of these teams and let that defense play with the lead, I think you'll start seeing, um, obviously, you know, the, the fangs come out a little more from that defense and then playing with the lead will, will be a lot more beneficial to them, obviously. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Mosley play, was so, I, I, I know I mentioned the two plays at the top, <clears throat> yeah. the fumbles, that play, it's different because, you know, you know, there's no guarantee Buffalo's going to score just because we hand them the first down, but it's like, it changed but it. You could it just changes feel. the you momentum in the game because yeah. the Jets get off the field. Like, they're not snapping that ball, even though people are like, well, Josh Allen may take it himself. But, like, I, there's no way. They were trying to do exactly what they did. They drew him off sides. But it's like, what makes that play so frustrating and just so, like, you know, woe is me as a Jets fan is, like, the last player on the defense you expect to do something that's stupid did it. And that's why you're just like, oh, come on. And that's hey. kind of been the theme all season where we're praising all these young guys, all these rookies, all these second-year players that yeah. somehow keep their mentals and keep their head in the game. Yet we see, you know, Corey Davis with that stupid penalty against Cincinnati. You see John Franklin Myers with, you know, stupid roughing calls. You see C.J. Moses. These are guys that should be leaders on your team that should be veteran presences that have, you know, uh, the wherewithal and the, the mental fortitude to say, you know what, this is a bad mistake in this spot. But it's weird that these veterans and these supposed leaders are the guys that keep on making these mental mistakes that are just really, really hamstringing the Jets. Yeah, I mean, listen, those are the three plays. I, I should have said the three plays. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's crazy, though, when you think about it. It's like everyone's like, well, Mike White did 30 touches. I mean, Josh Allen didn't do anything. Like, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't have a good game at all. I mean, I he killed us with his legs. Like, that's really what hurt us. But, you know, Diggs, Gabe Davis, most of those guys. I know Knox, Knox had a good game. I was say Knox. Uh, Knox had a pretty good game. But, like, they they contained everything they could. Like, Singletary had, like, I think, like, one really nice run in the first quarter. And outside of that, they really couldn't run the ball other than Josh Allen. So, it's like. The defense did its job. I know everyone's like, well, like, you know, the Jets answered, then they give up the touchdown immediately. And that's the frustrating part because it's like you finally get some momentum on offense and then you you allow them to answer. But at the end of the day, it's like the team just doing everything they can. And it, it's like you, you do got to score more in the red zone. I think that's the frustrating part. But Michael Carr's got to hold on to that ball, man. And he didn't look right even before that. I was like, I don't think he should be playing. And he didn't have that burst that we were used to, especially when he was a rookie. I know it's like crazy to say, but it's like Ty Johnson should be playing over him right now until he gets healthy. And I hate saying that, but like it's the reality because I want him to get 100%. And I felt like that was something that we were talking about with James Robinson a couple of weeks back other than the Buffalo game. He just didn't look like he had his legs under him. And, you know, I don't want guys to just play themselves. I just play because they, you know, they're like, I got to do it for the team. Like if you're not healthy, like it's detrimental to the team when you're, you can't do the things that we're accustomed to seeing you do when you are healthy. So it sucks. I love MC. You know, I don't want to, you know, put the game on him, but it was a really, really bad mistake in a huge spot. And, yeah. you know, who knows what happens. You, if you it feel happen. like if he hangs on to that ball, the game just completely goes differently. And the yeah. Jets come out with a W. I mean, they were, they're driving at that point. It felt like the last drive at Buffalo in the first game or the last drive against Buffalo in the first game where they're just kind of pounding the rock, pounding the rock, pounding the rock, and that Buffalo wasn't going to stop them. Mm-hmm. And you feel like they score there and just the the trajectory of the game just totally changes. And I will say, you know, it's kind of frustrating, I think. Um, you feel as fortunate as you do uh, on the offensive side of the ball to get a guy like Garrett Wilson and to find a guy like Bam Knight in place of Brees Hall. The frustrating thing to me is, is that the guys that we really relied on last year that were in that rookie class, guys like Elijah Moore and and Michael Carter, for whatever reason, whether it's usage, whether it's Michael Carter's injury, 
have kind of regressed a little bit to where even if they just stayed status quo to what they were in their rookie seasons, like you'd really be able to bank on a lot with this offense, with the emergence of guys like Garrett, Bam Knight, Brees Hall when he was healthy. Um, but it does feel like, you know, I think Elijah Moore is starting to come on now, but it does feel like Michael Carter has kind of regressed a little bit to where if he was just exactly what he was uh, in 2021 and you couple that with what Bam Knight is doing now, it'd be a, a very, very good one-two punch. But I don't know if it's, you know, um, uh, what it could be. Maybe the mental aspect of not being the guy now that Brees Hall went down. Maybe it's the injury. Maybe it's a myriad of things. Uh, but that's just one of the frustrating things, I think, uh, when you think about this offense uh, in this season is that the Jets have, have really found some good, good pieces. And the guys that I think we were you know, set to rely on and after last year have kind of disappointed a tad. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, also Barrios, too. Barrios was really good yeah. last year. Yeah. He's, I know, he actually had one of the best catches the Jets players made in a long time. Yeah. But one other of the best than that, throws the Jets players made in a long oh, time. Yeah, too. That, was, that was awesome by White. But, like, <laughs> he, you know – it just, he was having these like brain farts, you know, on those yeah. punts. And I'm like, what's going on? Like this guy was money last year. He looks awful. And it's like, people are saying we should cut him. And it's like, I love Barrios. I don't want to cut him. And like, obviously that play, they got to stop. They got to stop giving him targets in the red zone. That's, that's, I think the issue. It's like, I know sometimes you could do those like special plays, like uh, the trick plays where it's like an end around to him or like, you know, him throwing the ball or whatever. That's fine. But like, you got to be throwing to Garrett Wilson in the red zone. Yeah. I think that that's the issue to me. Like Garrett Wilson, was he at four touchdowns, five touchdowns? He needs to have more touchdowns. Like if we're in the red area, that's he should be getting the ball. And like same thing with Corey when he's healthy, even Elijah. It's like, why is that happening? And also Uzama should be getting more of the targets that Conklin's getting. I feel like I trust him more at this point because Conklin obviously is slow. And I feel like CJ does a better job of, you know, getting separation and really being able to get a first down where it's like, it's just always like a dump off to Conklin, but it's just been frustrating. And, Obviously, Quentin Williams going down definitely impacted this team, especially, you know, the pass rush wasn't as potent once he went mm-hmm. down. I mean, they still obviously performed. He had that great sack on Allen with that crazy swim move. Um, I know I mean, people didn't agree with me on a, I still feel this way, but like, it seems like he's okay. But if there's a chance that he's like only like 70%, but he can go, it's like, why risk it when you have the Jags coming in four days later? And then you have the risk of him playing on a bum calf, you know, two games in four days. I understand that this game is so crucial and so the, you know, the ones that, you know, follow it, but do you really want to risk this guy's long-term health and even short-term health in a playoff run? Like, you know, to me, like, it's just, you got to be smart. I don't want him to not be a hundred percent. And then we're getting stuff like we're seeing like with Michael Carter, where you feel like he's, he came back too early and he doesn't look the same. And then we're getting frustrated that he's out there. And like I said, the one position the Jets can afford to let him sit is the defensive line. You're going to get Michael Clemens back. He wasn't hurt last week. He just was getting over the flu. And then pretty much everybody else is healthy on the D-line. So uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I know you disagree with me, but I want to hear why you disagree with me. Uh, I disagree with you. I mean, listen, you're not going to put the guy in harm's way. You're not going to put him at risk. If there's a chance. It's football, that, I get it. I yeah, understand. but if, if there's a chance that he can play, uh, my argument is that this is playoff football now. And you it need is, these yeah, games. It's fair. And so if he was going to, if, if the Jets were in the wild card round right now and he was going to suit up, then yes, he absolutely should suit up against the Lions and that's it. He's too important of a piece to waver and say, well, he could have played, but hold him back just because you got Jacksonville coming in four days after. Um, if this were a wild card game and he was going to play, he's the best player on the team right now. He, without a doubt, he's hands down the best player on the roster. Um, and clearly the heart and soul of that defense. I mean, the, 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 the season that he's putting up is an all pro level season, 11 sacks, 
yeah, from uh, an interior defensive lineman. Um, he's a, an absolute game wrecker. He has been hands down their best defensive player. So if he's ready, especially against a good uh, Detroit Lions offensive line and a, and a good Lions offense in a game like this, where you know that if you get after Jared Goff, that's going to be a big difference maker in the game. Um, if there's any ability for him to go, then yeah, you, you, I think you, 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 yeah, he's got to see mean, I, it sounds like he's going to play because they said he's day to day. Um, they, they Solid didn't really want to answer. It sounds like Mike's white. Mike white is definitely good to go. And I think Mike white has a similar injury to Justin Herbert, probably a cracked rib. I don't think it's anything that he, they can do anything about now. And they just kind of just has to heal on its own. But you heard that he was playing with his kids on Monday. You know, he went to the hospital after the game to get those precautionary x-rays and he was able to fly back with the team, which means it wasn't super serious where he had to stay overnight or anything like that. So I feel like he's going to play. And even if, and if he does, even if he does play, Zach Wilson should be the backup quarterback. I know there's obviously all the discourse about Zach, what everything that's going on with him, whether he should be playing at all, you know what I mean? But like, I can't watch Flacco. He, he doesn't want no. to play anymore. No disrespect to him. You know, Super Bowl champion, you know, he had some moments, you know, as a jet in the three years he's been here, but it's over for him. He and looked like he didn't want to be out on that field. He looked like Roy Kent at the end of t- season yeah. one of Ted Lasso. I'm just, yes. I can't do this it, anymore. It was, I mean, you know, I don't know how, I think he took three snaps, maybe four, and he misses a wide open Conklin and fumbles. Also and almost throws that interception. Which yes, scary. exactly. So it's, it's it, whether it's, it's Zach Wilson or Strebler, um, it just can't be Flacco. Can't. Like just, Bottom it's line. fine. Pay him. It's fine. They like yeah. him in the locker room. That's totally fine, but he cannot play. It's got to be Zach. And like, if Zach can't be active or shoveler, and I know like we all like jokingly love him, it's really sad. And like, I hope that Zach will suit up. I I, I have a feeling he will. I, I'd be surprised if he's not the backup the rest of the way. I think, you know, this couple game reset will help him. It's probably helped him mentally. And I think he's just like, you know, stepping back, you know, doing the basics and whatnot. So we'll see. Um, I do want to talk about two things, two things that I came across my Twitter desk. I, uh, someone told me that they're not rooting for the Jets until Joe Douglas is fired, which oh to me God. is absurd. I know, like, obviously he didn't prove anything up until this season, but like the roster and all these moves, other than really the first draft, look pretty good right now. I, so I, I, I think that's lunacy. I don't even want to like give this time, but it's like, but like, I have to because I, it's yeah, just like, I, I, I I want people to know how absurd that is. And also someone saying that that guy did like a whole thread about like having a franchise quarterback with like a coach. I mean, everyone was going on crazy about Salah. Yeah. Like what, like, what do you mean Salah is not a good coach? Like I, I get it last year. There wasn't a lot of evidence to show that he was because the defense was bad. They had won four games and everything. I think it's pretty apparent that Robert Salah is a good coach. I mean, like yes. it's, he's not Phil Belichick, but like, he's definitely better than a lot of the guys you see like weekly. You see like the Cliff Kingsbury's of the world. You see, Brandon Staley, you see Nate Hackett, uh, McDaniels, Dennis Allen, Todd Bowles, our favorite guy in the world. Like, he's so much better than any of those guys. Yeah. And this team loves him. He's not playing politics with football. He's literally trying to put the best players to win games. It's not even about that stuff anymore. They care about winning. That's why Mike White's playing. That's why Bam Knight's playing. And that's good coaching to me. The team always plays hard. They don't look over, they haven't looked overmatched really since, I guess, the Cincinnati game, you know, this season. They've, I think, in their losses, it's just been frustrating because of like Zach Wilson in those two New England games. Obviously, this the last two were just you know heartbreaking losses, but they they fought their tails off. And it's like that's coaching. And it's like think about what he's endured as a coach this year. Three different quarterbacks have played. Um, 
you know, they've had a ton of injuries. And Bajivar Tucker probably was their best player before going down is out for the year. Brees Hall could have been an offensive rookie of the year, out for the year. Uh, Beckton never played. He had plenty of guys in the offensive line going in and out, in and out. It's like, that's amazing to me. I know, thankfully, yeah. the defense hasn't been too banged up. I mean, there's been some guys in and out, like Rankins. Um, I think, I don't know if White had missed any time, but a couple of guys have been like yeah. nicked up. Oh, Quincy White Williams. Up. Quincy Williams, was, he missed a couple of games. But that, like, to me, it's yeah. like, how could you even, like, I know it's like I'm stupid for giving this any sort of time, but, like, Robert Sala is a good coach. He's going to yes. be here for a bit. Same thing with Joe Douglas. Like we all have said this, even if, you know, Zach Wilson isn't the guy, they deserve to figure out who that guy is because the rest of the team is good. And they're ascending in ways that I never thought were possible with this team because of how poorly they've been ran for the last decade. And it's, it's truly remarkable. I want to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing when you talk about Joe Douglas, I don't think it can be overstated how bad the situation of this roster was when he took it over from Mike McCagnan. So doing a complete reset not only with the roster, but also with the worst head coach in football <laughs> in the first two years. And then He's being better able than to... some of the guys coach you now, I have to say. I'm not <laughs> well, even it's debatable, but even debatable, but uh, yeah. even to, to be able to reset that roster in two years, endure what he did last year, and then get this team to be as young as, young and as, as it is competing for a playoff spot, I think is even more advanced than anybody would have expected. So you got to give Douglas credit where it's due. Now you can ding him for missing on the, you know, quote unquote, missing on the Zach Wilson pick, even though we can't really deem that a miss just yet. But I mean, quarterbacks are a crapshoot. That's, that's just how it goes. And you know what? Like for everyone that, that wants to bash him for taking Zach Wilson at two, let's, let's, the jury's still out on Trey Lance. Obviously the jury's also still out on Justin Fields. Like Justin Fields is obviously doing better than Zach Wilson is, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a proven franchise quarterback at this point. So, and the same goes for Mac Jones. So if you're going to bash Joe Douglas on the Zach Wilson pick, I would put the brakes to that a little bit because let's the jury's still out and Zach Wilson could still be the franchise quarterback. Now, there's a lot of debate it. there. There's a lot of things to unpack there, but I just don't think you can bash him right away for that. And I will also say that I think if the Jets didn't take Zach Wilson, San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan was going to scoop him up at number three, and there's no question in my mind about that. 100%. Now, when you go to the uh, Robert Sala part, I mean, I, I just this guy is seven and six, and he's got a team that you just you just you hit every nail on the head, Stephen. Like he's endured so much this season from injured quarterbacks to benching quarterbacks to 36 different variations on the offensive line to uh, Elijah Moore requesting a trade, Denzel Mims requesting a trade early on, like all of these things. And he's managed this and this team is seven and six and still 99% in, in control of their own destiny. And we're talking about them being in the hunt on December 13th, gearing up for their final four games of the, of the season. Now, the search for a franchise quarterback, like how many teams are in that search? 27, 26? Like, uh, I mean, it's less than that. I mean, I mean more, yeah, less than like, that. You know, that's so the, the argument that I hear from, um, oh, I, I forget who it was that you, you know, you, it, it came down to, oh, Steve Young, I think it was, you know, this Jets oh Bills game. And it, it, it came down to, you know, you can't beat a, a franchise quarterback like that. Well, no shit. And if, they just, if they just if they just grew on trees, then yeah, we get one. But finding a franchise quarterback is hard. But what you can confidently say is that the Jets are a team that are moving in the right direction, and that is a one hundred percent a credit to Joe Douglas and Robert Sala, 
And that something that you and I have both said now for as long as we've done this show is that we really just want answers as we move forward and we progress through these seasons. And you're getting answers at every single position outside of the quarterback, which obviously is the biggest one you have to answer. It's the biggest question mark. But still, you're getting a much, much clearer picture as to what this team needs, not only now, but in years to come to be a a, a sustainable winner, a, a sustainable competitive product. So to bash Robert Sala or Joe Douglas is just crazy. I've spent five more minutes on this than I think I wanted to. Yeah. And like, I know that going, <laughs> like earlier in the season, you know, when they started out one and two or really like, you know, after the first week, I get it. Cause like your wave of results, we've, we've seen the results. We've seen the improvements in all the areas that we wanted to see. Obviously you need to have a definitive answer at quarterback long-term. So that's yeah. more on, you know, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala. But at the same time, Robert Sala is handling the quarterback situation really well, given circumstances like, yeah, they may not have the long-term answer, but at least they have something to go right now. I mean, like, yep. look at San Francisco. They got Brock Purdy out there, and they're kind of in a similar spot than us. They have a really good team around him, and they just have to, you know, make sure that he can execute the game plan. He's not losing them games, and let the defensive running game do the rest. That's and it. it seems like that's what they're doing. And I mean, obviously, Kyle is one of the best offensive minds in football and very good head coach. and. He has a little more experience in Sala, so I get it. Like I feel like they're in a better spot than we are for sure. Um, but it's it's just not even worth having this conversation. But I just I, I don't understand. Like it just makes me feel like people on who like this team, or I don't even know if they actually like this team. They're like they, they just to want to be miserable. Perpe- perpetually miserable. Like yeah. we finally got something good. Like let's enjoy it. Stop looking for like you know holes to poke. I mean, yeah. We need a quarterback long-term. We probably need another inside linebacker because CJ Mosley's older. And we need a safety because Joyner's probably not going to be here past maybe one more year because he's a little bit older. So think about that. And obviously more stability on the offensive line. But, like, you know, you, if Becta can come back, you're in a good spot. You know, same thing with Max Mitchell. It was scary stuff for him. Thankfully, they say he's going to make a full recovery. But, like, you do have a lot of answers there. It's just we've been banged up. It sucks. But – I have no reservations about uh, Saul or Douglas. I don't. No. And I did, and I, I own it. I mean, more so, I would say Saul than Douglas, because I felt like Saul, I mean, Douglas had a, had a plan. It just took some time for everything to go. And, you know, he's answered the bell. And, and it's just like, you got to feel good about, you know, the direction long-term. Like, you know, Ryan Russell and Damian Woody were talking about on, on Russell's podcast yesterday. Like, he's like, I feel good about the Jets long-term. Like, they're going to be good and mm-hmm. good for years heard it from other people and it's awesome like bill simmons i listen to him every week loves the jets long term he's like yeah they're good they just need to figure out and make sure the quarterback situation is where they want it to be but they're a good team so and i think one more thing that and this this was a big question um prior to the season is that if zach wilson flopped i think which he has for now yeah for now does joe douglas get the leash to be able to pick the team's new quarterback and i think that question has been answered and that's yes and I trust in Joe Douglas too. After the season, I think first of all, I, I I'm not saying that it, we're completely out on Zach Wilson. I'm not saying he he can't be part of the conversation in 2023. I think Mike White has absolutely proven and played himself into the conversation in 2023. And I think whatever the other option is, whether it's uh, a veteran that they bring in, whether it's a mid round draft pick with some traits that they like that they bring in for competition, or whether it's a mixture of both. Um, I still think and, and am comfortable that Joe Douglas will be the guy that's making that decision during this franchise moving forward in 23 and beyond. And I'm confident in saying that, uh, especially after this year. Yeah. I mean, he's probably going to get, ex- they're probably going to get extended together. Maybe, oh yeah, they should. Maybe like, 
next summer or like whatever. I, I would they absolutely surprised. should. They should. Yeah. And I, I trust them to lead this team. I think they're they're doing things the right way. Um, but yeah, I, I think we can move off this. I feel like it's just such a unnecessary discourse. <laughs> um, but let's talk about this game on Sunday because it's a crucial stretch. Lines are hot. Jets are a little bit cold. So it's like, what's going to happen? You know, who's going to, who's going to show up like in a big way lines, I think have won what five or six or something like that. Uh, yep. Jets have been, I guess they've lost, I can't remember what it is, but I think they're two and four of their last six, which yeah. obviously is tough, but you know, they lost to the pills and the Vikings, two teams that have over 10 wins. It's not like those are embarrassing losses. The New England games. Yeah. You could, you could point to those being like, those were ones you wish you had at least one of them, but it is what it is. So I, it's funny, weeks ago, before we got to this point of being seven and six, I was terrified of this game because I was like, I just felt like we're going to lose either Chicago or Detroit. We beat Chicago, but, and I'm like, Detroit's hot. So now I'm like, oh, it's kind of scary. But there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up because I, I did some digging into like what their season's been like, because I know they start off really slow and then they've been playing much better football and looked really good the last few weeks. Um, you look at it. They've really been good at home. They haven't been good on the road. I think they beat the Giants on the road, but it seems like the Giants have really reverted to what we actually thought they were as, you know, a, a meh team, but like they're well coached. So that's why they were able to get the seven wins the way they did. Um, I'm trying to think who else they beat. I don't think they beat the Packers on the road. Um, uh, but, Packers were at home. Yeah, they beat the Packers at home. And the difference is, is golf is not the same player in the cold as yeah. he is in the warm weather. I, I we're inside because that was where he played, you know, in, in Los Angeles. So if you, if you look at it, you know, they, they're a frisky team for sure. They have a good offense, but one of the better offenses in the league, their defense is like as bad as Minnesota's. It's not good. I think their um, run defense is a little bit better than people think, but like I'm looking at it right now. They beat Washington, they beat Green Bay, they beat Chicago, Giants, Jacksonville, Minnesota. Minnesota was a good win for them, I will say. Same thing with Washington and the Giants. But, like, I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, the Jets match up with them well defensively. Like, you know, our corners are going to do a, a good job on all their, you know, their weapons. You know, St. Brown, um, DJ Chark. Um, I'm trying to think. I guess now they got Jamison Williams back with quite a touchdown. Yeah. Good for him after having that brutal injury in the college football playoff. And obviously they have two really good running backs, Jamal Williams, and DeAndre Swift, but it seems like the jets can really do what they wanted. The key is, can they beat that offensive line? Cause like you said earlier, they do have a really good offensive line. It's going to be a challenge, um, but the Jets can be able to move the ball. On them. I, I feel it's, it's a similar defense that they saw against Minnesota and Minnesota had no trouble moving the ball. I mean, Kirk Cousins had a great game, just, their defense couldn't stop them. And that was the issue. They're for like 450 yards or something like that. So I think Mike White, assuming he plays, is going to get his 300 yards. He needs to score in the red zone. They need to run the ball effectively as well. And you got to force the turnovers. That's also been something that's been a problem the last few weeks. They're not forcing the turnovers. And that's something that we were seeing earlier this year. I mean, it was great to see JJ block that punt, which of course it doesn't become a touchdown, but every other team probably scores a touchdown on that. And we get the two points, but I think that this the, them being hot and us being cold bodes well for us. And the fact that we're at home and they're not as good of a team on the road, I think this is a game where we can really see the Jets get back on track, really start to hone down on this four-game stretch. It's super important for them to make the playoffs because like we've been saying, like you need to get to 10. You get to 11, your, your money. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that they'll, they'll run the table, but that would be amazing if they did. 
Um, but yeah, man, I, I feel really good about this game, especially because of where the Jets are and where the Lions are right now. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think if there's if there's obviously one thing you can point to that you trust in this Jets team is that the defense is going to show up and perform. Every week they do. Every week. And I mean, you think about, you know, if, uh, listen, if you had money on the line, who would you rather face, the Lions offense or the Bills offense, right? And I think I'd rather face the Lions offense, but the Jets have gone up against the Bills twice and they've done an incredible job against them both times. So um, when you think about the Lions coming into your building, I feel confident that the Jets will be able to, I think they'll give up yards, no question, but I think they'll be able to um, put the clamps on in the red zone and maybe force the Lions into some field goals as opposed to touchdowns. Um, but when you look at this, I, I think the matchups are um, are beneficial in the Jets' favor. So at this point, um, I really feel confident in the fact that the Jets will be able to hold the, the Lions um, offense in check and that the Jets will be able to come out and run the ball and really move the ball, especially uh, knowing that they're at home and kind of having that little breather coming off of, uh, of two very tough games. So um, I do think that uh, the receivers will have a good game. I think Garrett Wilson will have a good game here. And I think you'll start seeing uh, a lot more band night with that one cut style running downhill and starting to punish some of the line defenders. So I think there's a good, a, a good chance the Jets win this game. Um, we'll get into picks in a little bit, but uh, I like this matchup for the Jets. And I think, really where you'll see the difference. And you talk about turnovers and you're right. Cause I think the one turnover that the Jets have forced in the last four games really was that late CJ Mosley pick against, uh, against Chicago. Yeah. So if you can force, if you can get pressure on Jared Goff and this is where Quinn Williams playing becomes a huge factor, but if you can force Jared, if you can get pressure on Jared Goff and force him into some bad decisions, force him into a turnover or two, completely flips the game in your favor. So um, the one thing I mentioned before is the Jets getting off to a faster start. And the other thing that I just mentioned now is uh, is the Jets kind of getting after Jared Goff a little bit, especially early, and maybe forcing him into a bad decision or two that, that can flip the field and uh, and maybe flip this game and, and turn it wide open. For sure. Let's do picks. I, uh, Jets are winning. I, yeah. I, I feel confident. Yeah. I know it's crazy to say after coming off two tough losses, but this is the get right game for them. And not in the sense that they blow the lines out, but I think they just bounce back in a way that we're looking to see and make us feel much better about this playoff push. I think that they're actually going to hold this lines attack in check. I'm going to say 27, 17 jets. I think that they do give up some touchdowns, but I think the jets offense really starts to cook. I think Garrett Wilson's going to catch a touchdown. I think um, Bam Knight's going to get another touchdown. His touchdown was super impressive, impressive in Buffalo. Um, but I do think they're going to force some turnovers because Goff has been sh- prone to, you know, having those kind of brain fart throws, like, kind of like Kirk Cousin-ish, like where it's just like, what are you doing, man? Like, I do think they're going to force some th- turnovers, maybe even a fumble or two. So I feel really good about this game. I think that Salah is going to get the troops right in order. And, you know, we're going to be heading into that uh, crucial, crucial Thursday night game against Trevor at eight and six. What do you think? There you go. I like it. And I, uh, I also think the Jets are going to win here. I think it's a good matchup for them. Um, I'm not going to say it's a get right game when you're seven and six versus six and seven. There's I no meant get right in the sense of like, you figure it out. No, not I, like, yeah, I'm, like no, I get it. I'm not, I'm not, that wasn't a diss. That wasn't uh, me throwing shade at you there, Steven. No, I, um, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. I think each of these last four games are tough matchups and they can be coin flips, but I still feel confident. And I just have a, uh, I just have a certain, uh, I don't know, strange confidence about this Jets team going into these last four games. And I really don't think it's going to be typical Jets where they collapse. I just, uh, I have a good feeling. So I think this is a good matchup for them. I think they get the running game going early. I think Bam eclipses 100 yards. 
I think he gets a touchdown, either running or receiving. Um, I think you'll see Garrett Wilson get one. And I also think that you'll see Elijah Moore get one as well because the focus is going to be so heavily on Garrett that I think Elijah will bust one. Um, so I think the Jets win. And, and honestly, I think they win by two scores and they come away with this 34 to 20. I think you'll definitely see the Lions get some yards. Um, but I do think that the Jets can put the clamps down on them and, and keep them to a couple field goals, uh, you know, when they get in the red zone. But Again, the key to this game uh, for me really is going to be the Jets starting fast and, and and getting after Jared Goff early and often. I think if you do that, you maybe get a pick or two. You maybe get a fumble or something. If the Jets could fall on a fumble, that'd be great. Um, but I think, yeah, I think they're eight and six looking at uh, at Jacksonville coming into MetLife. And I looking ahead, man, without giving away uh, everything, I really do. I, I think the Jets have a legitimate chance to, to really run the table and, and rip off four in a row here. Um, I just... Uh, I don't know the way it's teeing up. Like I feel good about how they've competed these last two games. You go toe to toe against Minnesota in their building, you go toe to toe against Buffalo in their building. Uh, and you come back and you got pretty favorable matchups against bad defenses the rest of the way. I don't think Miami's all they're cracked up to be. We're starting to see uh, some chinks in the armor when it comes to Seattle going to Seattle is tough, but really going up against Gino and that defense, which may be the worst of the four um, that we're going to face. And then Trevor, and then Trevor coming into our building on a Thursday night in Jacksonville. And I think Jacksonville's defense is questionable as well. So it's kind of all very similar where you're, you're scared of the offenses, but that matches up nicely with us because the most confident part you have in the Jets team is that defense and and what they can do to those offenses. So don't want to, again, don't want to put the cart before the horse. We're only talking about the lions, but I think the Jets, uh, uh, could be looking at a four game, uh, four game winning streak here to close it out and making the playoffs at 11 and six. That would be amazing, but I, I, I think this, I take I think all the stress of, out of it, you know what I mean? Wouldn't that be nice? If they just did that for us. Well, considering they got no help last week, every team that we to win did not win, so that was fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> one quick programming update for us uh, typically, we do our shows live on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, depending on you know our schedules, but. Because I will be traveling a little bit, we will actually be doing a Sunday night stream and then the the audio will be out on either late Sunday or on Monday morning. So if you if you love tuning in live, you know, you'll get actually a much more, you know, reaction from us because it'll be right after the game, probably around uh, 730 EST. I think we'll probably wait till the the four o'clock windows end and we're going to, you know, in between uh, like the 4 p.m. and Sunday night football. So Super fun thing to try because we typically do these a little bit after the game happens. We let it marinate with our thoughts. So I'm, I'm excited, Stephen. I think it's going to be a little bit different and kind of like how, you know, Badlands and, uh, you know, the TOJ pod do it. So I, I, I'm excited. I hope you are too. <laughs> yeah, man, let's get after it. It'll be different. Last, last week we did a little midday episode to change it up. Now we're going to do a nice post-game reaction. So, no, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully yeah, it's good vibes. And not yes. uh, not a negative post game reaction. I don't want oh that. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah. As a reminder, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtubecom slash TV. Uh, subscribe to our feeds on Apple, Spotify. Um, you know, just search TOJ Live or Turn the Jets Live, and it should show up in either of those apps. Um, make sure to subscribe to our sister feed, the TOJ Pod with uh, you know Will's Pod draft season which should be coming out on friday really good stuff i know will had meegs on from draft season this week which was great um and last but not least make sure if you have not already to get the best premium jets content on the internet with badlands best five dollars you'll spend on anything that that's just related per month um you know great stuff from joe connor as always 
I know the watch party is going to be uh, next week against Jacksonville at uh, Willie McBride's in Hoboken. I know Joe has been putting out the link and they it's filling up pretty quickly. So if you're interested in going, make sure you, you know, RCP and should be a good time. Unfortunately can't be there, but I know all the other guys will be there. It'll be a lot of fun, you know, good drinks, good times, hopefully celebrating a Jets win and winning two games in four days, which would be the best feeling ever, you know, heading into Christmas. But um, yeah, it's been great. And uh, like I said, thanks everyone who, you know, watches, listens, you know, likes or subscribes our stuff. It's, it's amazing. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.